Welcome back, everybody, to the second episode uh, of our podcasting uh, time together here, but our first episode of Canton Bound. Uh, my name is Austin. I'm here with Colin. What's up, everybody? Thanks for uh, coming back after after episode one. A little shaky start, but you know we fired the writer, and uh, we're you know we're we're going live now. We're just we're just doing it. Moving on, moving on. Awesome. So just to, um, since this is the first episode of this part of the show, uh, kind of just going to talk a little bit about the setup again. So uh, just a reminder, we have two, uh, two shows we're going to be doing weekly. Um, we have uh, Canton Bound, which we're doing tonight. And then we have Campus Life, which is going to be coming out every Monday. Uh, Campus Life is going to be focused on all things college, Devi, recruiting, CFF, all that good stuff. Uh, this Thursday show is going to be Dynasty, um, still with the C2C tie-in. I mean, we're we're strictly dedicated to your C2C leagues here, um, but looking at the NFL side of things and how you can, you know, use maybe the college side to to advance that portion of things as well. Uh, we do have some other projects coming out here within the next couple of weeks, uh, but we want to get the podcast out to you guys just to kind of before the season ends and things start, you know, kicking into, you know, high gear recruiting mode. So that is what we have coming up here uh, with you guys. But for right now, we're just going to jump right in uh, to the show. Um, trade deadline this week for probably most of us, I would assume. I mean, I'm not in a whole lot of leagues that keep it open uh, throughout the playoffs. If your trade line trade deadline is still open and you're in a C2C league and you're looking to make a push this year, the easiest way to do that is to trade away some of your college assets. So Colin, who are some guys that you are open to trading? Or maybe the easier way to ask it is who are some guy, like who are the guys that are off limits and you would trade everybody else? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in the, everybody has a price, Uh, but the guys we're going to talk about are the guys who you're not going to want to pay what I would, what I would need to give him up. Even in, the situation where I'm tr- looking to make a push for the playoffs in the NFL side and the dynasty side of the C2C. Um, so, I mean, you know, first off, like you got the obvious guys. Um, my, one of my big obvious guys here would be uh, Justin Fields. I mean, this guy has been just the apple of everybody's eye since, uh, you know, since he stepped on the field, you know, flashed a little bit at Georgia, obviously didn't really work out there because he got stuck behind, you know, Jacob noodle arm from, and, you know, then he had to go to Ohio state, which probably even a better situation for him because look at all of the wide receiver talent that he has had around him his entire time there. And then the system's great too. So he's a guy who even on, even in situations where like this year with COVID and everything, you might not be counting his stats on the uh, college side this year, but you know, he was still putting up great stats for you if you are, so if you are playing in your college side and you are looking for potentially championship on there, you know, Fields could be a guy who could lead you there. So Fields is a guy I'm not not moving. You know, you're not going to give me uh, give me what I want for for Fields, especially with him coming up next year and supplementing my my NFL team. So, so, so if I ha- I don't have Fields in any of my my C2Cs, if I did have him and I was trying to push for a ship. How like what level of quarterback would I have to be sending you in return for you to move him? Would it have to be like a like a Josh Allen, like the like younger? Would would you take a Russell Wilson who's a little bit older but still having a great year? I mean, wh- where's that cutoff for you? Yes, yeah, so, I mean that's a great question. I would probably need somebody who's 
a little bit younger. And uh, I love the uh, the hat tip there to to Josh Allen, which uh, he'll make a, a surprise appearance a little bit later on in the show. But uh, I would probably say along the lines of a Josh Allen, uh, maybe a Dak, you know, kind of that tier. I'd definitely consider a Russell Wilson because, I mean, he's, you know, what, 30? So yeah, he yeah. still still has like two to three years of elite production left. And, you know, I mean, two to in three, <laughs> at two least to three, at least, five at least two to three. And I, cause I look to look at things in like a two to three year window that's uh, that's where, you know, I try not to get too further, too about much further out than that. Cause that's just kind of like, you know, a guessing game, anything beyond two to three years, which Spoiler alert, you'll uh, see another article of mine coming out that will reference that. So stay tuned for that article as well. Coincidentally, but, two to three years is about how long guys stay in college too. So that that yeah. window, it, it, it works for that as well, which is interesting. But I, I find myself talking in that window as well, even before I was in C2C. So it is, it is fun yeah. how that, that kind of plays out like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, just a great reference. I didn't even really think, make that comparison yet, but... Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the two to three year window works on both sides, pro and yeah. college side. So, so, so you were talking fields and he's a guy that like we're 99.99% sure is coming out this year. Yeah. For a guy that maybe has another year left in college, like let's say a Spencer Rattler, who's going to put up an absolute shit ton of points next year at Oklahoma in that Lincoln Riley offense. Do you think his price is anywhere close to like a Justin Fields type price if I'm moving him on? Because you're gonna he has that insane value and you're still gonna get because that's the cool thing about C2C is like while the guys are in college, you're still getting production out of them and you're gonna get a lot of it next year at Rattler. So does that like does that production you're gonna get next year mitigate the fact that maybe you don't have him on the NFL side for another year? For sure. For a guy like Rattler, yeah, absolutely. Where you know, he's going to be at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is just going to be, you know, an offensive powerhouse. Like they have been every year for the last like three, four years, whatever Lincoln Riley's term has been there. Um, so, you know, he's going to put up numbers on the C2C side. I think it would depend on the structure of my college team. You know, if, if I, my college team's looking pretty good, um, you know, he might be somebody that I would uh, I would put into that category if I need that production from my uh, college side quarterback. But if my college side's not looking like it's a title contender, and I'm looking to make a push on the on the NFL side, I would definitely consider moving Rattler for a you know a price more reasonable than Fields, just because we haven't seen a ton of Rattler yet. I mean, you know he had some shaky starts this year got benched at one point you know he's looked he's looked much much better since um you know he's the type of guy who's he's not really going to make the same mistake twice yeah you don't really yeah, he's see. like he like, i think we talked about this before he's like the robot yeah. from the, in- the first incredibles movie where yeah. like you beat it with something once and then like the next time it, it learns yeah. and it, it can counter it he, he really has done that this season it's been it's been pretty fascinating yeah absolutely so you know i like what i'm seeing out of rattler but i'm not a sold on rattler uh as i am on fields just mostly because of sample size, at least for the NFL pro prospects. So uh, you could get Rattler from me a little bit more easily than you could Fields, unless my team next year is looking like a top college team. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's say um, say maybe I don't need a quarterback for my push. I mean, at this point, if you're making the playoffs, you're probably not really upgrading a quarterback, let's be honest. Let's say maybe I'm trying to add a wide receiver. 
for for me, the only guy that I have in, on the college side that I have him a couple places and I'm like really unwilling to move him at all is George Pickens. I don't know how you feel about that. I know he's not a crazy producer on the college side of things, although he he did put up that really nice game with JT Daniels uh, his first game back. They played one game after that, and I, I don't remember. I don't think Pickens did uh, a terrible amount in that game. Uh, but he but he's right. like well, the only guy. Yeah, but he's the only guy on that side. I don't know. Do you have a, a, a college wide receiver that maybe you wouldn't move? Yeah, I'm actually really glad you brought up Pickens um, because – you know, in my uh, in my in my tape study here with with Pickens, I like Pickens. I like him a lot, but there's actually another guy in that class that I like even more. So I would definitely be willing to move Pickens. Um, you know, if I'm on that side, just because you know next year you're not going to get that high end college production uh, from him just because of the offense he's in at Georgia, and I think that also makes him a little bit more difficult to translate to the NFL now. You know, he's got the great traits, you know, the great size, speed specimen. You know, he looks good in the limited work that he gets, but it is a little bit limited. You know, you, you don't see him uh, doing everything that you, you maybe want to see out of a out of a receiver prospect. So I definitely think he's a high end prospect, but I'm a little bit more unsure about him than another guy in his class. So who's your guy then? Uh, so my guy is and he's actually probably one of the guys who would be more or less off limits for me, but that would be David Bell out of Purdue. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, right now is thinking Purdue, Rondale Moore. Uh, but David Bell is actually the guy with the prototypical NFL size there. You know, 6'2", 205. It's pretty much exactly what you want to see out of a receiver. You know, he's got great movement skills at that size. So, you know, checking off a box there. And he produced really well last year in Moore's absence. Uh, you know, 86 catches, 100 or a thousand, uh, 35 yards, seven TDs, you know, looked real good last year, um, in, in that work without more as the alpha there. And I like his, uh, I like his route tree that he runs a little bit more. He's also absolutely incredible along the sidelines. Yeah. Body control. Yeah, yeah. The body control and on the sidelines, just it, like, forget about it. Like if he's running a short out there, you know, and, and it's a quick move for you know three yards on a, on a third and two he, you know he's getting it pretty much every time I, I think my favorite thing about david bell is his uh like contact balance in the air yes like the dude almost has like a force field around him where he hits somebody and he just bounces like three yards in the air off of him and then just hits the ground like full speed running i yeah. i'm not sure if i've ever really seen a guy that can just absorb contact in the air like he can um, no i'm i'm not a big comp guy so i don't have a comp for him but you know, I, I, I love his pro prospects right now more yeah. than, more than uh, Pickens, but on the C2C side of things on, on the college side, you know, Rondell Moore is leaving after this year. You know, he opted out at the beginning of the year, you know, then opted back in with COVID, you know, missed some games at the beginning of the year with like a weird injury situation that they weren't. I think, I think re- Hammy, I think is what yeah. they finally revealed it was. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, they weren't real clear about it, but I mean, he looked great when he came back. Yeah. Absolutely torched Minnesota. Um, so, but he's leaving. So you get an, a year, at least one year of alpha production from David Bell. And, you know, I'm not going out rushing to buy pieces of Purdue's offense, but it's been a solid offense. And for, for a C2C yeah. league, I think their offense is really good. I mean, because yeah. they're always behind. Like, well, that's uh, you know, good point. <laughs> there's a lot of garbage time points <laughs> to be had in that offense. And they bring it all back, I think, really, except for yeah. more next year. So, yeah. 
They they yeah. they have a quarterback uh, plumber Jack Plummer who is not related to Jake Plummer. Not to, not Jake Which, Snake. It's not he's not related at all. I, I had to look it up a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, he's got to be. It's like the same freaking initials, right. but apparently not. Apparently not. But no, that's that's fair. I think the only other receiver that I I think off limits is such a strong word. Like you said, I mean, pretty right. much everybody has a price tag except Tre- Trevor Lawrence has like you couldn't pay me enough for, for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. You you wouldn't want to you would have to blow up your entire team for Lawrence yeah, for me yeah like yeah you you can kind of forget about it exactly but but the only other receiver that I have that I think would be hard for me to move is Traylon Burks yeah um, yeah that's and I guy. actually I I managed to buy him in a league this year um, in a trade that I sent away um, I think that was I, I think I sent away Tyler Lockett uh, to a team that was making a push so um, thankfully he wasn't on um, the other managers off limits uh, list but. He, I mean, per size, speed, um, everything you want an alpha receiver, returns punts, um, aggressive. He's got like those jumbo hands. That he, I think they yeah. said they order him like a size like five XL glove or something, which is just absurd. Yeah, I'll be so, interested to see his hand measurements at the combine because yeah. those things are oven mitts. It's like a it's like a full size hog when he does like this thing with the gloves, you know, <laughs> yeah. like where they put their hands together. It's like actually a full size pig. Like yeah, like I could cut the bacon off that sucker. And he's yeah. one of the ones that are running through people's backyards and they need the assault rifles for. Is that exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's why I can't trade him. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so one other guy that I feel like is just so unique on the college side of things, and maybe not like completely because we have Eric Gilbert now, although he has a lot of question marks around him going into next year, but is Kyle Pitts at tight end. And if you're in a tight end premium league and you're trying to maybe push this year, would you move him for like a Kelsey? Man, that is, that's tough because Kelsey this year is just, I mean, he's, he's the clear cut, tight end one like not even close and he's the wide basically the wide receiver one for the for the chiefs offense i mean tyree kill had that you know week last week where he put up what, like 60 fantasy points or something ridiculous but on a week-to-week basis kelsey's much more consistent essentially their wide receiver one there so you're getting a guy so he, who, he would be the wide receiver three in full ppr sorry to interrupt you but no you're good that oh uh, like geez <laughs> yeah like that's that's crazy so yeah, I mean, I didn't even know he was going to be that high in the wide receiver yeah. rankings if he was in wide receivers. But so yeah, I mean, it's the Chiefs' offense. You you want as many pieces of that as you can get. And if I'm making a push, wow, I might. That's that's a really tough one because I, I am a huge Kyle Pitts guy. Um, you know, he's uh, he's very comped very closely to uh, my 2020 season MVP. So. You know, that's a little teaser for a little later too, which I'll mention. But and you're just teasing the audience. Today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I've been known. I've been known to tease a little bit. But <laughs> you know, you can ask the the ladies at good old LVC College. But um, yeah, with Pitts, I think I for Kelsey, I think I would do it if if that's if I need some tight end help. If that's like the one weakness in my roster, and I'm making a push, I would probably do. Pe- pits for Kelsey straight up, but I can't see a lot of, of other pieces I would give up pits for at this point, yeah. not, even if I'm making a push. Oh, well, two to three year windows, right? Right. Three year windows though. So. Yeah. You've, Kelsey's Kelsey, probably got at least three good years left. Yeah. So yeah. Cause he's not, he's not like uh Greg Kittle or 
um, George Kittle, sorry, Greg Kittle, shout out to uh, pardon my take where they call him Greg all the time. Uh, but no, he's not like George Kittle um, where he gets kind of banged up here and there. Cause he's just like a bruising guy. He's not like a Gronk guy either who was banged up. Cause he's just a big bruiser. Um, so I think you can rely on him to stay healthy too. Yeah. So that's another thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So we kind of talked about like the, the, the top guys that are off limits for you. And obviously so. Right. Are there maybe some not so obvious guys that, you know, maybe aren't unmovable for you, but you're never going to get the value that you could get a year from now, in your opinion. Right. Well, that's another big thing too. Like in these C2C leagues, yeah, it's, it's nice to make a push now, but on the college side, if you're giving up a freshman who looks good, you also got to weigh in that he's got at least two more years of solid college production. Yeah. And if he's a pro prospect too, who's looking like he is probably a top three Debbie guy, um, you know, or a top three rookie pick in his class when he comes out, you know, that's, that's another tough guy. That's tough to move there. Um, I would probably put your guy, uh, Bajan up there. Um, yeah. you know, he would be tough for me to move, especially after last week, uh, that Kansas state game. Well, this might be the time you could get the value for him though. You know, like because he just had that game where he averaged like 20 yards a carry almost and or 18 yards a carry or whatever. And, uh, you yeah, know, a couple touchdowns, a couple long receptions look like, you know, freaking Earl Campbell out there. <laughs> so, this, well, this, I mean, this honestly, if I was pushing, this might be the week to do it. I don't think I'd want to, but no, I mean, well, depending that's, on what I could get back. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, because he had that big game last week, um, you probably could sell him now, whereas earlier in the year, you weren't going to get nearly what you what you wanted for a guy like that, assuming you were a believer in him. Like I know you were, and like I am as well. But I just think that he has another two years of elite production coming on the college side, um, especially actually if Sam Ellinger does come back, uh, like we mentioned, you know, in the uh, Campus Life Show last yeah. episode. Um, I think that'll help him out as well. But even if he doesn't, I think he's got two years of elite production on the college side. And then he's going to be the type of running back that I want in my, uh, you know, I want to build around on my NFL side as well. So he's a guy who would be tough for me to move. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm moving him, I'd almost like, cause like if you're, if you're trading for a guy for a push, you're looking at like Dalvin cook or right. Alvin Kamara, though, maybe not with, you know, Taysom Hill in, but a guy like that. And if that guy only has two years left, maybe, right. I'm not sure I want to give up Bijan straight up for that. And if you're the other exactly. guy, you don't want to give up, you know, Dalvin plus for, for Bijan. So it, right. it just creates you know, a, a situation where they, he just might not be movable because right. you, you can't get the years back. That Exactly. I mean, I guess if you're one piece away, but. I think even yeah. if I'm one piece away, I mean, there's being one piece away and making a push and making a trade to get you that now. And then there's being one piece away making the push and kind of sacrificing your future potential as well so that's always a tough balance and i think Bijan is just on the wrong side of that balance for me where i'm not i'm not going to give him up yeah that's fair, that's fair. Um, if if i'm going to give him up it's got to be for an, a different position you know i think it's hard to go one yeah. for one in the running back yeah that's it would have to be a quarterback probably that's a good point so the other guy I think that 
if you're speaking about freshmen as a guy that I think the value isn't baked into him yet that that is going to be there it's Rakeem Jarrett out of Maryland and he's not even like he's not my top wide receiver in that class although he's like in the top three or four I'd have to double check and see exactly where he is but that that Maryland offense looks moderately potent which is really weird to say <laughs> about a maryland offense but <laughs> but i i mean they have playmakers at every single position and multiples of them i mean you have right. um a talia quarterback who he struggled against big teams so i'm not sure if he's like really an nfl guy but they're going to put up a lot of you know they're going right. to beat up on the Rutgers and the you know maybe the nebraskas of the world Purdue, like we were talking yeah. about here <laughs> yeah yeah so and I, and it doesn't seem like they have the defense that they're going to be you're going to have to play you know like a 17-10 game like it's they gave up a lot of points pretty much every week yeah, except well, for against Penn State. <laughs> well they yeah, they thrashed Penn State which let's let's not talk about that. Um for those of you who don't know, um I am a Penn State fan, pretty big Penn State fan. Grew up like half an hour away from from State College from Happy Valley. So this has been a rough year for me. Let's let's move on from that. <laughs> All right, so moving on then. But 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 for they've only, Maryland's only played a couple games this year, so we have we we saw Jarrett's last game. He had those two long sl- touchdowns that he caught that like a slant and then just took it to the house. Um, he's got nice size. He's going to produce in college, like I said, because he's got other receivers there to take some of the pressure off of him, at least for this year. And I can't really like I I have Demas and Jones ranked with my twenty twenty one receivers. I don't really anticipate either of them coming out, but obviously something could happen there. So he's going to have some other guys there for at least a year. They bring, they have Penny Boone, who's going to be their main running back next year, who has looked really good. I mean, he he uh, hurdled that guy a couple weeks ago at like 240 pounds yeah, or whatever. Like the that's the like, athleticism you want to see. Yeah. So he, he's a guy where I could see him scoring a ton of points in the next couple years in college and then going on to the NFL and being a stud. I mean, five-star guy. So that it's not like outside of the realm of possibility. So he's a guy that it would be really hard for me to move um, without like the price being pretty solid. Right. Is there, are there any wide receivers on the NFL side right now that you would move one for one for him? If you're making a push. If I'm making a push, well, I'm not, if I'm making right. a push, I'm probably not making a trade for a college guy, but in like a neutral trade, I would say anybody. Well, I mean, would you give him up for, if you're oh, making would a push? I give him up to make yeah. a push? Yeah. Like one for one. Allen Robinson would be an interesting one for me because he has a really nice playoff schedule this year and he's a free agent and you have to imagine, I mean, the, the guy keeps making like the worst decisions about where to go, <laughs> like it's, that he can catch passes, but y- you have to think that he's eventually going to get tired of having shitty quarterbacks and go somewhere that like is actually a decent situation. I mean, everyone talks green Bay kind of doubt that yeah. green Bay is going to spend money on him. But and he's a kind lot of redundant of, with Adams. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there are some other places, though. I mean, maybe if one of these teams drafts, you know, maybe he goes to the Jets and he plays with Trevor Lawrence. That would be uh, interesting to me. I don't you know, know maybe he goes on the Jets. I, I doubt he goes back to Jacksonville because I was going to say if they take Justin Fields, but I doubt he does a, you know, a homecoming there. But, but I think Allen Robinson would be a guy where I would maybe, and I don't think like, if you're the A-Rob owner, you're not just taking Rakeem Jarrett. So, I, right. But I'd be willing to do Jarrett plus for Allen Robinson if I was making a push. Okay. And you call me a tease too, by the way. <laughs> we might talk a little bit about A-Rob later. You know? Maybe not. Who's to say? All right. <laughs> so 
All right. So that's, I guess that probably covers, you know, yeah. the trade deadline at this point. Um, so on, on Monday, we talked a little bit. We had our, you know, our 2020 CFF uh, Hall of Fame for the year, so to speak, or our league MVPs. Who are the guys that if you had to create, you know, the Hall of Fame for this year, you know, which guys are Canton bound, you know, from the NFL side of things? You see, see what I did there? That was, that was very nice. If yeah. I had a snare drum here. It's like when you're watching like a movie and they say the name of the movie, like in the dialogue, you're like, there it is. There it is. So there we go. Guys. This is the one time we'll say it. Uh, well, no promises on that. Don't hold us to that. We, we may reference the name Canton Bound in the show Canton Bound a couple more times, potentially. You're, you're right. I'm writing a, a check that I can't cash right now. Uh, no, but, but I think... Uh, you know, one of my one of my big guys this year uh, that would be in in my uh, in my Hall of Fame for the 2020 is a guy that I'm gonna you know hand up swing and a miss on this guy coming out. I was not a fan. Did not think he was gonna be productive in the at the NFL level. I thought he was pretty much gonna bust. Uh, you know, he was not he was the last quarterback in his class that uh that i would have taken and you know he's proven me wrong and he's proven a lot of other people wrong and that's josh allen i mean shit coming uh, into this year i I wouldn't have taken him no so. <laughs> i wouldn't have either yeah. to be honest with you i mean we we uh referenced my rosen love on the campus life show uh, you know rosen was my qb1 in that class uh, ahead of Darnold, both of neither of those guys look like they're going to be, you know, fantasy stars anytime soon. Uh, Lamar Jackson was my QB three there. It was more just because of the legs. And I mean, you saw what he could do last year, but he's kind of been down this year. Baker, uh, looking like, you know, he's looked good. He's looked good yeah. the past five or six weeks. We talked about yeah. our Debbie debate, uh, last week that he's, I mean, we forget like now we expect these quarterbacks to come in right, right. away and, you, you torch everything like you know Justin Herbert out there with a fucking flamethrower, but <laughs> but, but I mean yeah. Mayfield's been efficient. I mean he's he's yeah. put. A, I mean last week obviously his stats were a little skewed because he hit Donovan People Jones in that long wide open touchdown. Right. But yeah, right. Yeah, I mean he's yeah he's been fine. You know he's game manager plus level right now where he'll give you a little bit more than that. You know he'll give you some weeks where he's top ten. You know right around the ten QB finish but josh allen qb4 on the year you know he has some absolutely monster weeks you know his first three weeks he put up 28 34 and 31 fantasy points uh you know so he's he was just lighting the world on fire at the beginning of the year it slowed down a little bit through the middle you know had a had a rough stretch there against kansas city it's um you know against tennessee too it was a little rough but you picked it back up of late here, you know, dropping 30 fantasy points last week, you know, 36 a couple weeks ago against Seattle. So, you know, he's still just been, he's been producing all year at QB4 on the year, like we were saying. And he's not a guy that you paid QB4 price for coming yeah. into the year. If you yeah. bought him, like we were mentioning, you know, I didn't buy him at the beginning of the year. I'll tell you that. I would have, I would have sold him. Yeah, no, I agree. And that, I think that's the big thing with these MVPs, like both the guys I'm going to talk about here. Um, so the, the first one I have is, is DK Metcalf. And he's another guy where I looked up his ADP from May. Um, in 
so it, I mean, his, people were coming around on DK. I mean, I think he flashed enough last year where people, right? You no, know, he wasn't quite getting the Josh Allen treatment where people were saying, you know, he's this year's Mitch Trubisky, you know, whatever the wide right. receiver equivalent of that is. Um, cause in May, his, his ADP was 37 in a, a full PPR. Yeah. Which actually was a little higher than I thought it was. I expected it to be like in the forties or fifties. Um, according to their ADP now he is going eighth overall and he is yeah. the 1.2 wide receiver off the board. So more often yeah. than not, he's the wide receiver one, um, which is, uh, if you want to talk about like a guy, just like accruing value in a single season. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There's your guy. And Weirdly, because you think of him as like this physical specimen that, you know, it, it thrives on the deep ball. So he might not be as consistent. He he only has two single digit uh, weeks this this season, which, which surprised me a little bit when I looked it up. Um, he's young. He's in, you know, he's tied to a good quarterback for the next couple of years. You have to imagine if they have to choose between him or Lockett, they'll choose him because Lockett's right. older. So you don't have to worry about like, you know, like with the Rams wide receivers, you're like, well, maybe they get rid of one of them. So yeah, he's a guy for me that I, I didn't go out. I try, I tried to buy him in one league and uh, I was told no, um, actually right. a league that we're in. <laughs> and I thought it was a pretty fair price. And now looking back at it, I'm like, wow, that was like, I'm, yeah. yeah, like that, that other <laughs> yeah, person like, was really smart for not taking that yeah. deal. So. Well, that, I mean, we talked about I, I missed on Josh Allen. I missed on on DK as well. And you know, I'm not over here claiming to be Daniel Jeremiah or, you know, Todd McShay or anything like that. But I I didn't think DK was going to be a consistent fantasy producer at the next level. I thought he was going to be a, a Mike Wallace fantasy type where he's going to put up some monster weeks and then just disappear on other weeks. But like you were saying, he was actually being consistent this year. Yeah. Well, he, he was my wide receiver five in his class. The thing, and actually it wasn't his three cone that scared me. It was that neck injury that he had. Right. Well, that's he, what everybody forgets. Yeah. And, he, and he fell far enough in the draft. Like you have to, like you kind of gauge those medical things because we don't get access to their records. Right. So really the only way you can gauge it is like if they start falling in the draft, you're like, okay, like something like it, it, it probably is bad. And he fell far enough where I was like, uh, okay, like maybe it is a significant right. concern. So that that's why he fell for me. And I, I don't think, I think I was in like three or four leagues at that point in time. Um, that's really gotten out of hand the past two years. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think I drafted him. our addiction every year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think I drafted him anywhere. And no, no, I think I since then I took him in one startup this year. Um, that actually was a salary cap league. I th- you actually made, you told me after I did that draft, you were like, oh man, I really hate that salary that you have him at, especially because I had him and yeah. Lockett. And I'm sure I, I'm sure you have the receipts on that one where I said that, and I don't doubt that at all. But so, and he, that's a league like I, I didn't make the playoffs this year, kind of uh, purposefully. I, I, I drafted pretty young in that league, but it's like my most fun league because you just start both of those guys and you get like 50 points a week, and just one of them gets 40 and the other one gets 10, which yeah. is, which has been really. But when fun. you have them both, it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. You don't have to worry. There's no. You know. I don't. Have, it's not like I have one of them and I'm like, oh, is this a DK week? Like. Yeah, right. Just, like you have to figure out, am I going to need to start him this week? Who's he on? Because nobody thought everybody was like, oh, it's a tough matchup against Darius Slay when he played, but he was productive. You know, he, he, had he a really was, week. he really was only shut down by what was it? Pat Pete. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, him against the Cardinals, but yeah. I, but I mean, no, I mean, DK is a great player, better players than DK have been shut down by. Pat. Oh, absolutely. So the, yeah. there's no shame in that. That's probably why DeAndre Hopkins wanted to go there. 
Exactly. Never has to see him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So who's who's your other guy? The guy you teased earlier. Oh, the guy I teased earlier. All right. Well, we're we're gonna feed you here, baby birds. Um, my guy's Darren Waller. Uh, that's my next MVP. And that's a guy that I liked coming into the year, but I didn't end up with him really anywhere because people from last year probably weren't going to move him uh, for, for what I was willing to give up. And he's also a guy who was like, yeah, that last year was a great year. Um, you know, he had, he had 1100 yards. Uh, it, was this uh, 117 targets at a tight, at the tight end position as wild. I was like, can he do that again where they drafted, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs in the first round, they took uh, Brian Edwards. So they had some other pieces there. I was like, is that offense going to really be able to support another 117 targets at the tight end position? And the answer is, yeah, he's at 107 already. So, and the touchdowns are here this year. Last year, he only had three. This year's got seven already on the year. So, you know, he was a guy that I wasn't, I I didn't really necessarily believe in coming into the year, but he has been the clear cut tight end to all year. And that's where he's sitting right now, fantasy points wise. You know, like we mentioned, Travis Kelsey, absolute stud, but, and, and, you know, George Kittle hurt. But, you know, when you need production out of the tight end position and to be a contending championship team, you do need production out of the tight end position, which has been hard to come by this year. You know, Darren Waller's got to be your guy, especially for his price. The beginning how how do you value him against Kyle Pitts then circling back to it, that conversation <laughs> earlier? Yeah. Uh, well, he is actually my, uh, my working comp for Kyle Pitt, right? Pitts right now. Now I don't like comps. Uh, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not Daniel Jeremiah. I'm not Todd McShay. I'm not out here comping everybody. To, you know, I don't. I don't watch enough film. I don't know enough about that. But you know, just stylistically, they're both six six. They're both like right around two fifty. You know, they're both basically wide receivers at the tight end position. Um, you know, if I'm making a push, I'm probably keep. Even if I'm making a push, I'm probably keeping Pitts. Wow. Just, okay. Just because I think. Um, you know, Waller's a little bit older than people realize just cause he had that, you know, stint where he was out of the league due to some substance issues and substance issues and stuff. So he is already 28, whereas Pitts is what 21. Um, yeah. and I know we talked two to three year windows, but I- I'm just a big believer in Pitts right now. And I think he's going to be the next fantasy difference maker at the tight end position. So I think I would, even if I'm trying to make a push, I would probably look elsewhere uh, than Waller if I have to give up Pitts for Waller. I'd probably buy a cheaper guy at the tight end position where, you know, and obviously not as reliable as Waller, but, you know, he'll he'll give me some points. Uh, you know, I mean, if Johnny was healthy, it'd be nice. Uh, it'd be a nice guy to get there. But, you know, maybe a Gesicki, you know, if depending on who's starting there. He seems to to have a nice rapport with Fitzpatrick, not as nice with Tua. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I actually agree with that. I think Waller to me feels always feels like a bit more mercurial. You know what right. I mean? Like he, I, get, I think because of those couple of years where he was out of the league, and then all of a sudden, like it's just really hard to believe in a guy that was like out of the NFL, and right. then they they come back and blow up your. And like, I mean, I think this was kind of my logic coming to there. I mean, I wasn't like, I don't, I didn't have him anywhere, 
it wasn't a sell for me. It wasn't a buy for me either. He was right. kind of a hold. But it, it, it's just so hard to believe in those guys. Yeah, they, they come out of nowhere. And it's very rare that those guys hang around. I mean, yeah. It's, it's all I mean, great stories, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, and that's awesome. But, like, I don't, I don't play fantasy for the stories, you know. Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right, so my other guy that um, is kind of my, my, my MVP for the year is um, Antonio Gibson. And I almost didn't put him here because he's probably going to be out for the playoffs. If the Redskins are smart, they don't. They don't play him at all. They just shut him down for the year. Um, I mean, Alex Smith really likes JD McKissick anyway. So, right. But Gibson's another guy that like DK and, and you know, like Josh Allen as well. Um, so, I mean, he saw an even bigger spike in ADP. He was in May, according to DLF, he was at 125. Now he's at 42. And that 42 is actually a little bit lower than I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he'd be in the 30s. Um, maybe that hasn't quite caught up yet. Um, He's been incredibly consistent this year. He has two single-digit performances, aside from last week when he went out against the Steelers and didn't come back. Coincidentally, right after I bought him in the only league that I have him in for a big playoff push. So kudos. Yeah, that was great timing. Um, (laughs) But but he's RB6 on the year in full PPR. And, I mean, like I said, obviously missing the playoffs is, is huge. But shut him down for the year, you know, get him a camp. For this year, you know, for once, hopefully they bring in somebody else, a quarterback. I mean, Alex Smith has actually been decent for him. But you have to imagine that Alex Smith is not like a long-term guy there. No. Whether, Again, I mean, nice story, but. they're playing themselves out of draft position. So I am interested to see what they do this year. But I they, I feel like they have to be aggressive to go, to go do something. If you don't right. believe in Haskins, I don't believe in Haskins. So if they don't believe in Haskins... You can't keep trotting out a guy that like his leg was like cut in half two years ago. Like, yeah. And, and, and they, I mean, he's yeah. Alex Smith's what? 36, I think 35, 36 like already. Yeah. So, you know, not a guy there long-term. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So those were kind of our 2020 guys looking forward to 2021. You're not making a playoff push, you know, you're, you know, or you're, you are, and you're happy with your squad. Who are some guys maybe that looking forward to next year that you are buying be not for their production for the rest of this year, but because they might end up in a better situation elsewhere uh, and really, you know, see that spike in value. Right. So uh, really glad that this topic made the show sheet here because this is actually um, King tease. This is going to be my first article released. Uh, is going to be going over this topic here. That's going to be coming up soon. But uh, it actually may even be already out by the time you're listening to this. I'm not entirely sure. We're going to we're gonna wait and see on that one. But it is coming out very soon. And number one guy on my list right now is a guy that I had a huge man crush on coming out. Uh, you know, coming out in his draft class, he was pretty much the clear-cut wide receiver one. There wasn't really any other argument for anybody else at the wide receiver one spot. And, you know, this, the class that he was in uh, was the uh, 2017 class there Mm -hmm. or 2017 class. And they, you know, that's the running back class where you had Fournette, McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin cook, you know, and those guys were all and Mixon. Those guys were all high end running back prospects. And I took Corey Davis uh, over, over a lot of them. I, I had, I took him at a 1.02 and 
in one of my spots. I took him over McCaffrey, took him over Cook, took him over Mixon. And, you know, I because I loved his profile coming out. You know, he had the size that you wanted. Uh, he's got that alpha size. You know, he was a fluid mover, looked real good. He's NCAA's all-time leader in receiving yards with 5,278 yards. Topped 1,400 yards in each of his last three seasons. You know, everybody always talks about draft capital being the big predictor of future success. He was taken in the top five, the only wide receiver taken in the top five since Amari Cooper. And, you know, he just had, he checked every box you wanted to see from him. And, you know, except for the the athletic measurables, but he was dealing with that injury, uh, you know, over the, throughout the combine process. So you didn't really see, you didn't see him work out much at all. And lands in Tennessee, team in need of a wide receiver one, you know, hooked up with Mariota, who at that time, everybody was, was on Mariota. They thought he was a up and coming quarterback. And, you know, he had some injuries, like we mentioned in the first year, which not atypical from a rookie dealing with the grind of, of NFL camp and the NFL schedule. So rookie year, a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, but he had that big game in the playoffs against the Patriots where he went, you know, uh, had two touchdowns, five for 63. And just kind of teased enough that leading into the next year, everybody was like, yeah, this is going to be his year. And it was a good year. You know, wide receiver 27 in year two. Uh, you know, that's just outside the top, uh, or just, just outside of a wide receiver too. So, you know, year two production, that, that's what you want to see. Um, cause everybody had kind of come down off of that wide receivers need to produce immediately after the 20 wide receiver, 2014 class with Odell yeah. and Evans. Yeah. So everybody had kind of come back down to earth on that, but you know, he also had 35.8 of his percent of his team's air yards in, in a year two, which was sixth in the, in the entire league. So showed some nice, uh, nice numbers, nice indicators of success leading into year three. And here comes AJ Brown uh, burst onto the scene. Uh, you know, I don't, we don't really need to go too much in depth on AJ Brown, but uh, Corey Davis ended up finishing last year as the wide receiver 64. And everybody at that point was all over AJ Brown. He was the next upcoming thing coming into this, this season. Pretty much everybody was off Corey Davis, including myself. Uh, I actually sold him in the offseason in one league, uh, you know, because I was just ready to move on. I, I, I was like, let me get what I can. You know, this is over. But he's actually flashed this year. Uh, you know, wide receiver 26 on the year. Again, so back to just under a wide receiver two. You know, had some big games. And the t- Titans declined his fifth-year option. So he's going to be a free agent. So he can go to a better situation now where – you know, he doesn't have AJ Brown that he has to compete with, then he could potentially be the alpha that we all wanted him to be. So he would be one of my top targets this off season. Um, or, or, you know, right now, if I'm, you know, uh, you know, looking for the future and I see a contender has him and, you know, maybe they want a, a guy who like a JD McKissick, who is looking good down this stretch run. I might see what I can do and try and get Corey Davis off of a contender if he's not in their starting lineup. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder because he keeps putting, I mean, he put up what, like right. 40 points or something ridiculous last week. Yeah. I think it was the biggest game of his career. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not it an was. opportune time for him to do that if you're trying no. to buy him for next year. Right. And, no, I, and yeah. I had this article written last week. Uh, so, you know, of course he busts out this week and makes it harder to buy. Yeah, of course. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I I went out and went in one league this this offseason as well. I actually bought them. Um, it was like a I think it was like a two eleven, which ended up I traded it and like on the, when I was on the clock, and the guy took Brian Edwards. So okay. that was about like the value that I yeah had had assigned. And he's been, I mean, I, in that league, um, he, he's really just only been like a bye week or injury filling guy. I, yeah. I actually started him last week because uh, I wasn't confident uh, in Tyler Boyd, and um, he put up a, a ton of points for me. So that that was nice of him. Um, and yeah, I am interested to see where he goes too. I, I could see him. It, it's really interesting with a lot of these guys this year because the cap is going down right. by like a significant amount. Like none of these guys are going to get big money deals. So I, I do get a little scared that a lot of them are going to return to like where it's familiar and maybe take a smaller deal, like a bridge deal, and then hope the cap rebounds in like three years and they can get like that one more contract. Because I, right. I, John, who's a free agent, or is an unrestricted free agent on that offense as well. And he's another guy where, you know, he's only 25. He could afford to do that. He could take a, a two or three year deal. Once yeah. it's, it's been, you know, shown, I, I, I've seen articles about this and I, I can't like pull one out right now. Um, but uh, once tight ends make it in the league, they stick around for a long time. They have a lot of longevity. So you have to figure like barring some sort of catastrophic injury that John who's going to be around for extended time. I mean, maybe he doesn't age like Jason Witten. <laughs> but I don't think anybody ages like Jason. No, Witten, so, I, mean, I can't know. believe he's still in the league. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe like Jennifer Aniston ages as well as him, but that's like, it. like, like I, I don't know. Jennifer Aniston ages way better than Jason Witten. You're right. You're right. That uh, if, that was insane. for anybody who doubts that. Look up Jennifer Aniston's age, but you make sure you don't have anything in your mouth when you're when you're doing it because you're gonna spit that water all over the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I I feel like the Titans are gonna bring back one of those two at the very least. Although it is like in this year's class makes it much more difficult to predict those positions because it's extremely deep at both. Like we have a, right. a ton of wide receivers and a ton of tight ends. Like maybe if one or the other was looking good, you kind of predict like, oh, receivers deep, but there's no tight ends. I bet they bring back Janu. Right. So it's really it's really hard now to predict what's going to happen. But if you you know make a deal and it ends up working out, I mean, you can get both of those guys for you know, less than maybe you can a year from now. And John has right. always been a guy that I feel like they don't use him enough. Like he, they should be using him in my opinion, like the Patriots used Aaron Hernandez there for uh, years. It's like that H back. Um, yeah. I, and they, they do, when they do use him like that, he, he scores, but it, they just have such a weird offensive philosophy. I, I, I don't really understand what they're doing. Cause like, some weeks they ride Derrick Henry hard. Sometimes they don't give him the ball at all. You know, like the guy, Derrick Henry's amazing on screens. Like they, they've thrown him like three all year. <laughs> you know, some games they'll, you know, all, all their all their receivers are built like you know brick houses. Like they should yeah. just be hitting those guys and letting them do some work after the catch. And they don't always yeah. see that. So I, I honestly don't really know. And it's not like an ideal place, but at least it's familiar for those guys and it's projectable. You know, right? I don't love having my wide receiver tied to Tannehill. I mean, he's fine, but you know, I, I would prefer to have him be like a, tied to a guy who's, you know, got a little more upside uh, at the, with throwing the ball. I mean, Tannehill's got, you know, the rushing upside, which is nice, but he's like going, Tannehill's like going to a nice steakhouse and they have like a beautiful ribeye. They have like a beautiful, like bone and tomahawk and you get like a fillet. <laughs> <laughs> like a fillet is a really good steak. And if you go to a nice steakhouse, I'm sure the fillet is fantastic. 
but you're just like <laughs> missing out on so much if you're right. going for that over like one of those other two things. And that's how I feel about Tannehill. It's like the same. Right. So. I mean, and and for all of you out there listening right now, come for the fantasy advice. Stay for the fantastic references. Oh, I'm I'm a great amateur chef. We, <laughs> I'm sure there will be more food references on the show as we move on over the next you know, coming episodes. But um, right. And I just uh, thought of that on the spot. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I I know. I could tell you thought of that on the spot. It flowed through real nice. Like that was that's why I had to had to acknowledge it. Look at us go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um who who else do you write about? Um so I don't want to give away too much of my article. Um so, you know, I wrote uh, oh, I wrote about tease all night and then you get to this part and you're not teasing. I mean, I already teased teased with Corey Davis in the article. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tease that there's another, uh, that there's another wide receiver out there that I would absolutely be buying because his price is going to skyrocket in this off season. Uh, you know, after you see some of the moves that, you know, certain teams make in free agency, you know, this is a guy that you're absolutely going to want to buy, whether you're a believer in him or not, just because of the sheer increase in price that you're going to see, you're going to have a guy in your league who's going to be willing to pay you twofold what at least what you paid for this guy if you buy him right now but that's not the guy i'm going to talk about next the guy i'm going to talk about next is one of my guys i mentioned Corey davis was one of my guys this guy is is one penn of the guys state. i was on early penn state. shout out of course of course penn state and he's one of the guys i was on earlier than than most um you know, I, I don't have the only receipts I have on that are from like a random thread in Reddit. But if you want to dig that up, go for it. But that guy's Chris Godwin. Um, and a lot of you are probably like, well, what do you mean by Chris Godwin low in, you know, heading into next season? Like who's selling Chris Godwin? Um, but, you know, Chris Godwin's been hurt all year, um, you know, off and on, off and on the injury report. He's not really living up to the hype. You know, they and they have Antonio Brown there right now in the in the stretch run. They have Mike Evans there. So if there's a team that's in the playoffs and they have Chris Godwin, it's likely because they're likely not in the playoffs because of Chris Godwin. They're probably there because of the rest of their roster, which means they may be able to spare Chris Godwin. And, you know, you may be able to buy him a little bit cheaper. You definitely buy him cheaper now than what you could going into this year. I mean, going into this year, he was a lot of people's wide receiver, like, you know, two, three on the year. You know, he was more or less untouchable this offseason for most people. But, you know, with not living up to the hype and, you know, like I said, if it's a contender who's who's looking to make a push and he has him, you could probably get him for cheap. Er, and, you know, he let down in the playoffs last year, too, which my uh my juggernaut of a team from last year 13 and 0 in the regular season loses in the championship because Chris Godwin goes out so yes he's my guy no i'm not real happy with him right now he was in the doghouse and not not been great this year either but he's still a guy that i believe in going forward obviously only 24 uh, you know so he's still young he's got you know the size that you're looking for he's you know great athlete you know, he's a great route runner as well. And then Tom Brady's coming back next year. Antonio Brown was only on a one-year deal. Who knows what's going on with him in the offseason? He may never play again. Nobody ever knows. So I think he's going to be in Brady a better situation. Him, Brady loves him, though. Yeah, Brady absolutely Brady loves Godwin. Brady right. loves him. I mean, 
Oh, AB? Brady loves AB. Like, I think yeah. if they have a choice and they can get AB for cheap because of all his legal troubles, I think Brady would push him to t- to bring back AB and let Godwin go. I mean, that's that's true. And, and Godwin actually is a free agent uh, coming into this year or going into this offseason. Now, he's a guy that I... I kind of figured that they were going to, they were going to bring him back, um, you know, just because of what he's shown. And I don't know. I think it'll all depend on, on uh, Bruce Arians there. I mean, I think Brady can push for, for AB, but if he gets in even more legal trouble, I don't know. They may, they may pass. Yeah. That's fair. You know, you know where I could see Godwin being amazing and I'm not sure they can afford him anymore because they went out and got a guy this past off season. Because he is so like positionless, like he has probably he's probably one of the more versatile wide receivers in the NFL right now in terms of where he yeah. can line up. He would be amazing in Arizona. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I think, mean, yeah. Cliff would love to move him around in those four yeah. wide receiver sets. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely a nod, a nod to his versatility there, where that's another thing I like about him. We no matter where he goes this year, whether he stays in Tampa, whether he goes somewhere else, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what other receivers they have around him. You know, he can play in the slot, he can play outside. Um, so yeah, no, that's a great point there. Uh, well, oh, we talked about Allen Robinson a little bit later. I feel like he also kind of fits this bill where he's a free agent after this year. And I feel like I'm like Mariah Carey where like, I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Santa just bring me Allen Robinson a different landing spot a different place where he has a real quarterback and other guys around him to let him finally just unleash for the like yeah. I know everyone knows that Allen Robinson has like just a terrible quarterback um, you know timeline he played at Penn State he had Matt McGloin and Christian Hackenberg still managed over his time there to catch 177 passes for 2,479 yards 17 touchdowns in the NFL, he got drafted by Jacksonville in the second round. He obviously can't help that one. I mean, you, you go where you go. And people, I mean, Bortles was kind of like Josh Allen, you know, a couple of years ago where everyone was like, oh, you know, he's, you know, we're skeptical, but he's got the physical tools. Um, in, in his three years there, I don't count the fourth year because he, he got the injury that year. Right. Uh, 201 catches, uh, 2,831 yards and 22 touchdowns. And with Chicago, who he willingly went there as a free agent, I think he's from that area. So I think he wanted to go close to home. Um, you know, Trubisky and Foles this time there. He's had 230, uh, 2,805 yards, 16 touchdowns. So he's been super consistent with terrible quarterbacks. Like, obviously, there's probably not that much of a premium, like, bump on his stats. But you have to, you know, you have to imagine that, that, you know, instead of catching 75 balls a year, maybe he catches 90. You know, yeah, absolutely. He, he gets like that bump, which which doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean it adds up. And he's a guy, yeah. Where I think, I mean, he's got this this really juicy playoff schedule, so maybe he's harder to go out and buy right now. Um, but say like I have, like say I have a Devonte Adams, and I'm not really competing this year, and I can go out and get a Godwin or an Allen Robinson, and maybe a small college asset for Devonte. I think I'm doing that depending on college asset. I mean, I don't know what, what would be like your college asset. Maybe you would throw in there. Um, I mean, I think you're already getting your wide receiver back a, a younger wide receiver back with an, a Robert, a Godwin. So at that point, I'd probably look for a different position. Um, you know, maybe look to the running back position and, 
you know, I don't, I don't know. See if uh, you know, is, inquire... is like a Tyler, is like a Tyler Goodson too much. No, I would I would definitely I would I don't know if Tyler Goodwin's enough actually. Okay. Uh, or Tyler okay. Goodson's enough, honestly. If I'm giving up Devonte, interesting. Um, okay. I, I don't love Goodson's pro prospects. That's probably why. I, I don't. I dumped him live on air last night on a different show. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, yeah, you guys uh, didn't have as long of your uh, your after show on that one. I was a little disappointed. It was forever. The after show? We were up to like eleven thirty. I don't know what else you wanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe it cut out or something, or maybe I wasn't paying attention to how long it was. It just seemed a little shorter than the week before that. Fair enough. Fair enough. But okay, so if you wouldn't, so let's say, because I was thinking Goodson might be a little much. Like if I'm thinking wide receiver add on to that, I'm thinking like a, um, like a Marcus Roseme, or okay. a, I don't know, like a Gary Bryant, a Josh Downs, maybe a freshman that didn't really break out this year, uh, through really no fault of their own. Um, but it could be a guy that you would toss on top, and I think I'd be happy with that for Devonte. Um, I don't know. I think, I think if I'm giving up Devante, I mean, just how good he's been this year and trust me, I, I gave up Devante twice for, for way cheaper than what I should have. Um, so if I could have that back and do it again, if I, if I'm giving up Devante and the insane year that he's having, uh, I think I need a little bit more of a sure, as about as sure of a thing as you could get without being like a top end prospect on the college side. Would you take that um, other Georgia receiver, Jermaine Burton? Or do you think that's yeah. starting into overpay territory? If um, <clears throat> Jermaine Burton's getting into a little bit of the overpay territory, but if I'm giving up Adams and to a contender who really wants to make a push, I'm probably going to make him overpay a little bit. So, okay. yeah, no, I like the Burton. I like yeah. the Burton inclusion okay. there. Um, yeah, I could do that. There we go. So everyone that listens to this, there's your – Here's your idea. Go, uh, go, go! Float that, uh, that, uh, that trade if you if you have those guys and uh, and see what you get back. All right. Well, I think that is the show for this week. Um, we're gonna put both of these out here. Probably this show and the Monday show are probably gonna release here in the next couple of days together. Um, so check those both out. We'll be back again on Monday with another Campus Life. Um, the college season's kind of winding down, but obviously still a lot to talk about there. Um, so I think, I think that's it. Um, so, you know, I'm Austin. This is Colin. Colin. Yeah. And, uh, we will see you guys on Monday. Have a good one.